Welcome to the Ben Don't Break podcast. I'm Aaron Schweitzer, publisher of The Source Weekly. I'm here with our editor, Nicole Vulcan. We thank you for taking some time out of your busy week to give us a listen and as we talk to the people who shape our community. Today we are going in-house to talk with Jared Rasick. Jared has lived in Bend since 1999 when he moved here for college. Since then, he's worked at Westside Video, for those who can remember. Boomtown, Hollywood Video. God, that was a classic. Cascades Theatrical Company, Tin Pan Theater, and often on and off since 2010, The Source Weekly. Now he divides his time between The Source and helping program films for Tin Pan Theater and shorts for the Bend Film Festival. This week, he penned his 1,000th column for The Source. Quite the feat. Amazing. I yeah. can't believe it. Jared, here we are. Thanks um, for having me. Yeah. Great to have you in. And um, I thought we'd just start off with more of a, you know, look back for you. Do you do you remember the first film you watched, one that stood out for you? Like, like, child, in, like in, when you were a kid, oh, like, what's the kid. first film Jared watched that he can remember? That's Robo- what everyone wants to know. Robocop. Robocop. Yeah, it came yeah. out in 86, and I know we had it on VHS, and, I, you know, and that movie still to this day is just one of the most violent movies ever made. So I think maybe that kind of broke me. And then <laughs> the rest of my life has been like, maybe I should watch a romantic comedy to try to, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but the first theatrical experience I can remember was seeing Jaws 4 with my dad. Um, because I will always remember the kids on the banana boat. Yeah. And I've ever since then, I've been terrified of banana boats. Who the hell let you? Wa- I mean, obviously, it was your dad. He's yeah. letting you watch these these films yeah. at, at, in an impressionable age. Yeah. I think uh, <laughs> TV was definitely my babysitter for, for long stretches of time. Yeah. Um, that reminds me of that Simpsons episode where they're like, all the kids are being crazy. And they're like, oh, wait, hold, hold on. We'll take care of this. And then she puts on the TV and then right. all, all the kids just settle down. Yeah, just completely. <laughs> yeah, that was that was me for sure. I was definitely, um, you know, I, I guess the nice term now is like I was an indoor kid um, <laughs> as opposed to like the chunky kid that got beat up all the time in school. Um, but yeah, I was definitely an indoor kid and just I but it wasn't until like I think maybe 15 or 16 years old when I was like genuinely starting to watch movies and and looking at them like works of art as opposed to just, you know, something to stare at and, you know, eat fruit by the foot while watching. (laughs) And and Jared, just for context, I mean, you you grew up in Alaska? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I I was on and off in Alaska for a while. I was born in Northern California in in, uh, Paradise, actually, which I don't think exists anymore. Made a documentary about it. It actually does. My friend lost her home in in the in the fire and lives there again and now. still lives there that's that's amazing yeah. i the few people that i know that are still there are kind of like camped out still and rebuilding but i love that yeah i mean paradise is it's it's in such a weird location that it's like in the it feel it kind of feels like you know don't nobody from paradise hate me for this but it kind of feels like the ozarks of northern california because <laughs> you're in the mountains in the middle of nowhere everybody's barbecuing all the time there is moonshine everybody grows weed you know and so i from there i moved to chico and then from chico i moved to southern oregon and then i moved to bend for college in 99 yeah and i was always thinking i would move back to california and i I've just kind of, I'm one of the, I guess I'm one of the few people that's 
kind of still happy with how Bend has grown. Like yeah. I don't, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not hating it at all. I'm like, I remember there being five open businesses downtown when I moved here. Mm. So yeah, to me, it's kind of a positive, I guess. I don't yeah. know. I love it here. And there's a lot of exciting things going on in arts and culture. Yes. You know, yeah. for, for you to take part in and yeah. all of that stuff. Absolutely. I mean, we, I wanted to ask just like a really, you know, basic question about yeah. like, what is it about film that excites you the most? I think... I think the thing that I love about film is that it's such a collaborative effort. Like uh, right now I'm uh, screening movies for the Ben Film Festival and I'm watching these shorts. And within 30 seconds, you know whether something's going to be good or not. And it's because one of those little things that 50 people worked on doesn't work. Like if you, So every time you see a good movie, it's kind of a miracle. Whereas like, you know, an artist, like a, like a painter or a poet or a musician, like some, t- like some of that is a very solitary pursuit. But I think sure. with films, yeah. it's very much like you watch a movie that's amazing and you're like, a hundred people were on the same exact page to make this. And I love that. And yeah, I also, and a p- part of that too is I think that film, because of you know, the way our culture is going, I think film is going to be the thing that lasts. Like, like I think I've said this in the paper before. I think film is kind of our version of cave paintings. Like I think it's our current cultural way of showing what mm-hmm. life is like. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, that made me think of something that you wrote a couple of weeks ago about that film that was super low budget, maybe made by like one or two people. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes the the mold is broken and right. the vision can be executed by yeah. fewer people, I guess. Yeah, yeah. The the I love that too, the auteur theory, which is, you know, this this guy, I can't think of his name right now. Um, but that movie is called The The Outwaters and he wrote it, directed it, produced it edited it, did the music, and starred in it. Wow. Um, and on $15,000. And you watch, and it terrified me. I was sitting in the theater, and it was right after doing the spicy food article. So I was in, like, <laughs> a, I was really in pain. I was yeah. sitting there with a really bad stomachache, and all this scary stuff started happening. And I was like, I don't want to go home, <laughs> but I have to sit here and write about this movie. And it was so captivating and terrifying that it took me outside of myself and I forgot that my insides were like I had swallowed <laughs> a brisket. I just want to yeah. like be clear that some of these things that, that Jared goes through on behalf of, of art and writing are his own doing. 100%. 100%. I, yeah. He I, came I like up to... with this great idea to go eat all the <sighs> spicy food in, in Central Oregon. <laughs> yeah, it was not the best idea that I've ever had. I, I will say though, now that I know that I can handle two million Scovilles, I feel like I can do anything. You can just so. strut around. You'd be yeah. like, what's up, Carib- Caribbean? Yeah. I got you. Yeah, give it to me. Yeah, I can I can handle it, I think, probably. <laughs> Until I get, you know, three million and then I'm just destroyed. Yeah. Jared, you've been a fan of uh, horror movies. Yes. Uh, and, and you've got some interesting takes on why they make you a better person. What do you, what do you, what's your, uh, what's your perspective? So... <sighs> Ebert many, many years ago said that cinema is a machine for empathy. And if you're watching a horror movie and... And you don't feel anything. And you don't feel anything. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you then should. You got a problem. Yeah, maybe you should talk to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if, if a filmmaker is is 
a good enough writer and the performances are good enough, then you hit a point where you're like, I <laughs> genuinely don't want Michael Myers to stab this person. Yeah. And, you know, but most horror movies are terrible and you don't care. Yeah, or you I hate, was going to yeah. say the acting piece right there. Yeah. So a lot of it's really bad. Yeah, yeah, ex- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I'm really excited this weekend to go see the new Scream movie, you know, because the last one was pretty darn good. And those do a really good job of like, creating empathy in the viewer of like, oh, this annoying teenager is super annoying, but I don't, they're not, they're not annoying enough to like die. So, you know, hopefully they'll, they'll make it. I just, I love anything (laughs) that, you know, creates empathy and humanity. I don't think that's something we can ever really get enough of. Well, it's so funny because like, I'm thinking about, you know, some of the more, um, you know, times gone by when there, there was a little bit more of, what am I trying to say? Like people were a little more concerned about, you know, teens having sex, teens right. drinking, and like those made unsympathetic characters right. in these right. horror movies. And it's like, is that really true anymore? If right. they're making out or like naked in a car, do we are we like, yeah, they deserve to die? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was like this puritanical thing of like, you know, if you have sex in a movie, you're dead. Like in yeah, a horror totally. movie, you don't make it. The the final girl that survives everything, she only survives if she's a virgin. And, you know, and, and now it's it's almost like we're in a place where these characters can be three-dimensional. And, you you know, you can actually try to comment on society and, like, specifically on what the, the morals of society are in that time can easily be told by watching horror movies. Yeah, I mean, whoever survives, yeah. then yeah. that that is, like, the... The, the moral character of our time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like I think now it's, it's, it's way more likely that, like, a black character or a queer character will survive a horror movie than the white dude. And it was always the white dude or the white chick for years and years and years. And now it's like we finally turn that corner and it's like, oh, yeah, these movies can be for everyone now instead of just this, like, really small-minded like puritanical <laughs> belief system, yeah. you know. I always find those movies are, and maybe it's just that I have too much empathy, but you're just eating adrenaline the yeah. whole time. You're whole just time. all just yeah. shooting at you. By the yeah. time you're done, you're wrecked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm terrified about the the new John Wick movie comes out in like a week or yeah. two, and it's two hours and fifty five minutes long. Wow. And I mean, I can't imagine that level of like explosions and violence right. for three. Yeah I, yeah. I don't see how that movie. I'm is such a work. fan of that series, though. It's yeah, me be, too. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'll be there for sure. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> many fight scenes. Calmly oh, and yeah. please. Now, see, he keeps my adrenaline down because he just looks like yeah. he's just going through yeah. like it's a walk in the park. Yeah. He looks like he just <laughs> ordered a Cortado and <laughs> right. he's just waiting for That's it to right. show up. <laughs> yeah. That's right. On an, on the topic of another genre of films that I really don't give a crap about, uh-huh. and I also like reading about through your work, oh, yeah. is Marvel. Oh, and yeah. So yeah. we just, you know, we ran a story, was it last week, the week before? Yeah, and last you, week. you were like, is Marvel played out? Which right. Which is, you know, quite... Um, you know, quite ambitious of you to bring up this topic because you probably, you know, yeah, you and might yeah, have upset some people. Yeah, and and yeah, and I've been. That's the thing too is I've been a comic book collector since 1985, and so I I have like upwards of 50,000 comic books, and like getting to see these characters on the big screen is something I've always looked forward to my whole life. But for some reason, just watching Ant Man, I was like, I'm not like. I'm not captivated right yeah. now. This has not 
you know, the, the whole movie takes place in like a shrunken, the quantum realm, right? Uh-huh. And like a realm that's too tiny to even process. And I never, like all the design was like Star Wars. And it was like, you had a chance to design what microscopic creatures would look like that have their own society. And you just made it look like the cantina in Star Wars, <laughs> you know, like why, <laughs> right. why would you do that? Yeah. Right. Um, but I do, but I do think Marvel has a chance to come back around, especially because they're doing like, I think guardians of the galaxy three, which is the next one is going to be fun. And also the TV shows have been way better than the movies. So yeah, like, but even those are a little tired. I mean, yeah, I was really, I was really pretty high when uh, the new Thor love and thunder was coming yeah, out. Cause yeah. I thought, you know that's still funny and it's a parody and right. you know at least they at least we still got that and right. then they they cr- they just crushed that character it was terrible yeah it was it was so they were like look how wacky we can yeah, be right. instead of yeah, actually with those kids and everything too. Uh, oh I forgot about the kids. I already brutal. blocked those kids out you know yeah. someone said to me that um, <clears throat> it's a lot like westerns mm-hmm. you know westerns dominated the film scene and then eventually just played out like right. how many times can you you know go to this environment and you know turn this genre around and finally right. it's played out like we don't want to see cowboys and right anymore right. and so I, I i i've started to look at those movies a little bit like that like yeah what are they gonna do right it's tired and now that uh so James Gunn, who wrote and directed the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, he just got hired to run DC films. And a week ago, just announced Ooh. the next 15 years of DC movies. <sighs> so, I mean, talk about like, oh, my God, you just announced 25 movies in a period where people are like, come on, superheroes. Yeah. It's, it's going to be amazing. But all the stuff he announced is like swamp thing and like just the weird weird little things like no wonder woman no batman just the weird yeah. stuff so i mean in that story you brought it back around you 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 offered a glimmer of hope about why people should continue to look forward to superhero movies you weren't like they're dead yeah they're over yeah because yeah, i mean ultimately the thing about marvel and i think the thing they're gonna have to realize is eventually everyone isn't gonna want to watch every single one to see the whole story right yeah eventually people are going to be like i just want to see a thor movie i just want to see a guardians movie and they're gonna have to like be okay with that like yeah you know and every time they add like um the wakanda forever introduced a character that had uh I think her name Ironheart introduces this character that has nothing to do with the movie just because it's going to be a Disney plus TV show this year. Yeah. And it's like, we see what you're doing now, Marvel. It's not exciting. No, but not all of us are so clued in. Like some of us need our teenage nephew to come to every one of those movies and like remind us of the backstory. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I'm watching the, I'm watching all those movies with my mom. Right now, and I'm not even doing it in release order. I'm doing it in chronological order. So I can be like, look, this is at this point, Captain America was frozen in the ice. And she's just sitting there like, Jared, I want you to leave. She's like, I'm trying to bond with my son. And I don't know what I don't know if I can do it. (laughs) I don't want to anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, Jared, let's pivot away from Marvel for just a sec. Yeah. Um, The. So in your in the pieces that you write for the paper, I mean, one thing I'm always been struck with is, you know, there's a lot of vulnerability there. There's a lot of personal yeah. storytelling. I mean, you've been uh, pretty open 
to your to your readers and and they seem to respond uh, definitely have been responded well yeah. but do you get what kind of what kind of feedback or what is that what does that mean for you in that space it's it's pretty amazing actually um just last week um a, maybe about a year ago this woman wrote a letter to the editor and it's one that got published in the paper and it was like it made me cry it was then one of the nicest things i've ever read and um this woman has been coming into tin pan and she asked me to lunch and uh, i met her for lunch and got to like one-on-one talk to her about how she felt about my writing and it was it was very surreal because you don't ever like as a writer it's a very kind of a solitary pursuit that's pretty intimate yeah and it was it was very interesting to hear her be like you know i disagree with you all the time but i love your i love to read your words um and yeah and then sometimes i get you know i remember when i wrote the review for incredibles 2 i got some of the meanest emails i've ever (laughs) received and like here's a lesson do not compare anything pixar related to Ayn Rand. That was not a good Ooh, idea. Yeah, just don't talk about Ayn Rand at all. Yeah. It's like, mm. I mean, I did it negatively. <laughs> um, but yeah, some people were like, how dare you compare The Incredibles to Ayn Rand? And I was like, I'm really sorry, but like, look, I, I, I showed my work. You there's know? a line. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's a um, line. It, 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 to me, I never, I never take it for granted. Like, it's, it's amazing to me that I get to talk to the community every week and yeah. get to share my thoughts and opinions and and the feedback is immeasurable from people who have been reading me for years it's yeah it's incredible I, yeah, yeah i mean to toot our own horn a little bit and to toot aaron's horn it's like it's pretty cool that you know we don't live in a big city we're not a, in a place that's overflowing with arts and culture but you know it's a pretty sweet spot to be you get to work for an independent publisher who yeah. still wants to prioritize writing about arts and culture and i mean that's just that's pretty cool yeah um Feel if very you could lucky. tell young jared you know if you could give young jared uh, a piece of advice about what where he's going to end up wh- what would you say uh, you know if if you told young jared that he would be writing for an honest to god newspaper in 2023 about movies he wouldn't believe you and <laughs> just just to hang in there because i mean i spent so many years hearing from people like in school and even in college being like let's go ride a bike and i'd be like okay that sounds great and i would love to go ride a bike but all three star wars movies are on right now and i you know and and so it's like i feel like all the years where people were like, you watch too many things. I'm kind of like, well, I, I think I studying film theory and studying movies and stuff. It's like, it kind of actually helped me have a job now, I guess. And I, I feel incredibly lucky for it because especially in, in bend, we don't have, there's no press screenings for movies. So the fact that I get to write about movies when I'm literally just going to the movie Mm -hmm. opening night with everybody else is, is incredible. Well, it's been such a, I mean, it was funny when I was reading your bio and, uh, thinking back to West Side Video yeah. and, and what a what a cultural hub that was yeah. at the time. Yeah. I mean, we it was where in Bend right. you got culture. There weren't uh, there weren't a lot of there there was no AMC, right. you know. And right. so right. um 
that's been a trajectory too because you're watching these places close you know people yeah. people were singing the doom and gloom of um yeah. you know video and pre-streaming and all that and right. you know well, that's, that sounds like the perfect time to talk about your appearance on the last blockbuster. Oh, yeah. Playing the local film lover. Um, yeah, really not yeah. a stretch for you. Um, no. So what did that, you know, being in that film bring to your life? Um, a lot of creepy DMs, for <laughs> sure. Um, it's it's been it's been really cool. Like people all over the world just sending me messages being like, I saw you in the last blockbuster you felt like the way that you acted in this movie is how I act in a video store. Like I'm smelling VHS cases and, you know, (laughs) running around like a, like a giant nerd. And, um, the, the, I will say the most surreal moment by far was, uh, last summer I was crossing the bridge going from the old mill into the amphitheater. And I was halfway across the bridge and a guy ran up to me, put his arm around me and asked if he could take a selfie because of the last blockbuster movie (laughs) and then took it and ran off. And my friend was standing there like, well, that just happened. And it's like, (laughs) so it's been like this really surreal, like I'm, I'm nowhere near famous, but it's like, here's just a little dollop of what that tastes like Mm -hmm. for, and especially getting to do it because I, I mean, the filmmakers saw my article I wrote about the last blockbuster in the source. That's the only reason I'm in that movie. Yeah, you know? so funny. Yeah, it's and all full circle. Full, yeah, com- completely full circle. And the fact that that article is hanging up in, on the wall of the last blockbuster is insane to me. You know, I from the thirty to forty hours a week I spend like leaning near that photo in the blockbuster trying to like get people to talk to me. <laughs> um, it's really the feedback's been amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the only reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, the most surreal thing about that that film as well was that it came out like during the pandemic. Yeah, I mean, and locally yeah. when we were you know, tr- scrambling to find ways to keep ourselves gainfully employed. And we did the drive-in yep. and yep. we had, <clears throat> you know, it was it was such a strange thing to be talking about the last blockbuster and everything shut down. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, we're bringing in all these people and studio execs are driving up to some gravel parking right. lot that we had yeah. thrown a screen up in. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, and, Acting, you know, Hollywood big for a night in the yeah. Deschutes lot. It was that was surreal. That, it was, to me. yeah. And in a way, it was like the last blockbuster was screening at the last drive-in. <laughs> right. Like there's no yeah. other drive, you know, no other <laughs> right. drive-in. Yeah, you know, next to like across the way from the <sighs> biggest craft brewery in the country. Like, yeah, it's, yeah that was Bend, put Bend on the map. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. Was insane, and I love that that movie in particular show like bend in a way is the main character of that movie and shows you how a town as like weird as bend is can sustain like a blockbuster oh okay so maybe that that dovetails perfectly into the fact that a couple months back we were going to do a we were going to do a bigger story reviewing the last blockbuster tv show yeah yeah and so just like recap listeners about the about the sequence of events (laughs) so the it was the morning of i think it was the morning of that i was supposed to watch it it got canceled and so i knew that those 10 episodes were going to be the only 10 episodes and i knew that i you know because i like to go i got to go hard like if if you want me to do a thing i'm going to do it 
all the way. So I was like, I have to watch all 10 episodes of this. But I also hit up a bunch of friends and I said, will you watch as much of this as you can? And I want your opinions too. Um, obviously, Blockbuster themselves didn't want to have anything to do with it. But um, all my friends that did it, I don't think any of them made it more than three episodes. And those are only 20-minute episodes. Yeah. So it's not a wow. huge time commitment. But it's it was about three or four episodes in, I was like, yeah, this is the because it, so it's set in Michigan. Yeah, I in, mean that's yeah. just talking about how Ben was a character in the movie. Yeah. It's like, well that kind of was part of the whole right. shtick for me or like yeah. the, the interest, yeah, but I live here. So, yeah, yeah. You know. And the the show is it, it's not just in Michigan. It's the blockbuster exists in like a like a strip mall that also has like a party store and and the, like the the strip mall <laughs> itself is dying as well. So it it just and it was so phony, like all the characters are in every episode, but yeah. it's like if you work a customer service job, you have shifts. Like yeah. nobody <laughs> works together every day. Every you know, so it was like, why are there seven people working in Blockbuster yeah. right now? Just little things like that. Yeah. I think that from funny. the backside, you know, just this the timing of it that yeah. we're getting ready to do this story and we wanna like finally touch on this this thing that's happening that right. has nothing to do with Bend, and then we, you and I are texting back and forth about the scope of the story, and then you're like, and it got canceled. <laughs> and it just got canceled. <laughs> yeah, like in the middle of our conversation uh, about it. Uh, that was yeah, and it, and I got like I think that article went around quite a bit yeah. too. That was one of my more <laughs> popular ones. I mean, yeah, of course. Like it's yeah. it's such an easy get. You know, right. the peop- the town that has the last blockbuster reviews the last blockbuster. Right. I mean, this is yeah. a natural thing that we're going to do. Uh, it, I can't believe how bad it was. I'm still like in shock about <laughs> like the jokes in that were like night court era like <laughs> jokes. I mean, it was, yeah, it was yeah. bad. Bummer. Okay. Yeah. So now that you have a thousand reviews under yes. your belt- what are there any that you really regret putting out there? You know, oh. are there the ones you're like, dang, I wish I wouldn't have said that? You know, I think I've I was probably too gentle on a lot of movies and mm-hmm. then too hard on some. Like, there, especially um, the the ones I always regret are my end of the year lists where I do like the top ten of the year because every time that happens, there's still multiple movies I haven't seen yet. Mm. And so I end up being like, here's my favorites of the year. It'll probably be different in two weeks. But, you know, um, yeah, I think I think I've been like I'm definitely a fan of. See, I, I love movies so much that I think like I don't truck with like cynicism in film. Like I don't I don't feel cynical about movies because ultimately like regardless of the studio or or the producer there is an artist in there who's who has a vision that they're trying to you know make something out of yeah there's your horror film empathy coming through for you know yeah all of these films yeah it's so i i just i i hope i've never been too cynical about movies in the past because i'm not i i'm excited like i was thinking about that like oh my god if i you know, I got I had health a health scare a few few years ago, and I remember in my brain I was like, "Oh my god! Like, will I will I miss John Wick three? Like, you know, my brain my brain is like, you know, are you are you gonna live long enough to see them like make a Lord of the Rings TV show? Like, you know, it, it, <laughs> it's it's so weird because like I 
I'm so connected to that level of like, I want every, I, so like every, right now everybody's watching the last of us, right? That's like the, the big mm-hmm. TV show. And it's so neat to me because back in the day you would call that a water cooler show. But since like, you know, everybody works from home pretty much like there, there is no such thing as a water cooler show anymore, but it's still manages to bring people together. Oh man, I think there is a water cooler show. If I think there is something to be said for the, like uh, the, the, dropping of an episode every week because yeah. when the white lotus came out this yep. last one oh, yeah. it was a water cooler show around totally. the source like yeah. everybody every week they're like did you watch it yeah did you watch yeah. it oh my god what do you think's gonna happen so yeah. i don't know there's like that that's kind of what you lose when you drop the whole thing at yeah. once too i guess i i hope that is proving to distributors that that still is Kind of the right way to do it, like yeah. giving people because it, it it gives you like um, a couple months to talk and think yeah. about something yeah. as opposed to like four days when uh, everybody binges it and then uh, forgets yeah, about and it. you're all in the same like you yeah. saw the third episode, you know, no one saw anything past yeah. that. Right. I think right. it's a little it is kind of a little of a bummer when you're talking about something that someone binge watched and you binge watched it. And it's kind of like, well, it was good. I mean, you give an evaluation of it, but it doesn't go right. play by play the way yeah. episodes dropping does. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, I will always remember Lost. I mean, the, the conversations yeah. I had with people week week to week about lost was some of the coolest yeah. like just mind bending conversations i've ever had about shows before you know where you're like what you you cuz you can think about anything like yeah. you know how not that any of it actually ever came true but yeah i mean all both those shows had an element of suspense too which i'm yeah. sure didn't hurt yeah, exactly. But then you look at like the last season of Stranger Things, which everybody was hyped for. It came out, got all put out, and then within a week, everyone was like, yeah, "Cool, exactly. I saw it." That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So studios, if you're listening, Jared says, and I say, you know, you need to do the yeah. the the slow drip. Yeah. There's so much to watch that ultimately, like. If you have to wait a week for something, you will find something else, you know, and you can also, you know, go outside. Like Jared, oh, wanna, oh, but Jared, you're an wanna, indoor guy. Yeah, it's true. I, I want to come back to your empathy thing a little bit yeah. with regard to your writing yeah. that you just mentioned, because, you know, one of the things I think from a editor and publisher standpoint with regard to those articles is that, you know, it is that lack of cynicism in your writing, I think, that it has allowed you to probably make it to a thousand right. <laughs> articles because, yeah. you know, I mean, certainly in our office, we get a lot of alternative weeklies. Yeah. We read a lot of weeklies online. We're all constantly looking at them. And, and you know, cynical food food writers, culture writers, film right. writers, man, they are, there are a lot of them. Yeah. Um, finding those writers that have that level of empathy, those are the ones that you can go back to because it's it's like someone said you you know a publication is some somebody or something that you want to sit with right well you don't really want to sit with a cynical dude for a thousand reviews you know you do want the guy who's got some empathy and and you know it's sustainable it's a voice you can you know listen to over and over and over again and get different perspectives so you know kudos to you that's you know certainly our perspective thank you very much i i i always want my articles to feel like it's a conversation that we're having together and that we're all 
sitting around, you know, having a beer and just relaxing and enjoying things, you know. Yeah. Well, this week uh, we in the paper, you know, we got Jared's uh, monthly source material. Yeah. Oh, that's um, a, not source material. That's, that's a the, really that's good the name music. for it. Yeah. That's the music. That's one. the music one. I was like, that's a great name. May the source be uh, with yeah, you. Is yeah. our is our roundup and yeah. monthly roundup and a little Q and A in the paper uh, right from this interview. So nice. it'll be oh, awesome. fun to check out. Um, yeah. But uh, Jared, thank you so much for being on the podcast with us today. And thank you both for having me. Like it's it's amazing that I I, I I'm very lucky that I get to write for this horse, and I'm very happy that it, that you guys are a part of it. Yeah, likewise. Yeah. yeah.